Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Louis Theroux. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Potcher. And we have an extra special episode for you today where we interview Louis Theroux. We have been fans of his for years. Big fans. If you haven't seen Weird Weekends with Louis Theroux, you're missing out. Yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. Yeah, yeah. BBC, Channel 4, Panorama. Fantastic reporter, filmmaker, and he just released a new film that's coming out right now. Yeah, you're making the I caught a fish this big hands. And that's how big this movie is. My Scientology movie. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk to Louis about his experience, and we've both seen the film and uh, highly recommend it to you. Get yourselves to a theater and see my Scientology movie. We're really thankful for the opportunity to talk to Louis. Uh, we didn't get to talk to him for too long, though. So no. hopefully we'll get to hang out with him again. Yeah, he was great. So here he is. How are you doing? I'm good. Really good. Good. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. welcome. We are Ono, Ross, and Carrie. I think I've heard of you guys. Oh, really? Wait, did you do a thing about Scientology? We yes. did. Yes. So we went undercover in Scientology for a couple months. Yeah, I heard about that. Do you know, I haven't listened to it to my shame. I, I would love to, though. Weird, I must have read about it on Tony Ortega's site. Uh, yeah. You were on there. He very favorably reviewed us. Yeah, The Guardian covered it, too. Yes. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. I, I, man, I should be interviewing you. How <laughs> well, long did you go yeah, undercover for? It was for um, a, a few months. Yeah, like three months. Which org did you hear? LA. LA org. Well, yeah. But uh, which locals. one? Which which LA the org? The Blue Building. The Blue Building. Yeah. yeah. Because I did, it wasn't exactly undercover, but while I was making my movie, I went up to the Los Feliz mission. Over okay. there on Celebrity uh, Center. Hillhurst. No, not the Celebrity Center. They've got a oh, mission. Oh, yes. Yes. The one that's like... Um, it's, it's nice. It's opposite yeah. Froyo. Uh, yeah, next Froyo to Mexico Life, City. Near Albertsons. Yes. This mm -hmm. is, we're getting on, very on LA Street. Yeah, which would it's you on... give a higher Yelp rating, Froyo or the, the mission? Uh, <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed to say this. I'd give Froyo... <laughs> Five stars. The mission I'd give three. I mean, in terms of, and the only I dock two stars only because I, I'm not. I don't feel that um, Scientology's perhaps the best way of getting your religious and spiritual needs met. But in terms of cleanliness and friendliness, uh, they were extremely nice. And and I, and I and I they went are in there. Clean people. I I no, went friendly. in there, and it's, it actually really does help you kind of get out because I wanted to get out of this mindset of us and them, which I think affects a lot of the coverage of Scientology and, and the tendency that when you cover any story at a distance as opposed to being immersed in it, you can easily um, sort of other them. You mm -hmm. can sort of see yes. them as some faceless entities who represent something malevolent and scary. And, and you go into the organ, you realize, okay, no, they're just people. And, and, and in fact, um, they're people who, who are trying very hard to sell you copies of Dianetics for $20 <laughs> and sign you up for courses. Right. So there's this sort of feeling that you go in and I said, I'm a documentary maker. And they said, that's wonderful. Our, you know, Ron believed that artistry of any kind was the <laughs> highest attainment. And, you know, what would be for you, you know, take you to the next level of your artistry and, and being a documentary maker. And I was thinking like, well, actually, I'm making a film about Scientology. Yeah, if you'd, if you'd interview with <laughs> yeah. me. But, um, That's a great American they, accent, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. And, they, and we did a, we did a, uh, we sat down, they talked about my problems and they asked, I fi I'd filled out one of their questionnaires, which is all things like, do you whistle while you work? Right, mm -hmm. right. Do you sometimes Your get... Your personality test. Yes, the, called Oxford the Oxford capacity analysis. Capacity. analysis. That's mm -hmm. it. So... 
and they they surprised me by saying something which um, they said. I thought they were going to say because uh, you know when they recruit people in Scientology, they sometimes the phrase is used: um, "Find your ruin." Yeah. So they'll right. focus on, okay, you've got a real problem with intimacy, or you've got a problem with your parents, or. But they said to me, uh, "You're very high on the tone scale. Like, you already." score like they, they actually told me like I, I, oh you're really good uh-huh. and they gave you the chart and- yeah I, I can't remember what exactly form the breakdown took but the point they i took from it was like you're actually really quite I high already really. they had re- they had trouble figuring out like what to send me to yeah and but ended they- up telling me well you you have a really good relationship with your boyfriend let's put you in a class about relationships so that when things get bad, really? you'll have these these skills already in place. Right, right. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty good, and um, uh, but they but it's didn't, it's no obstacle, as you said. That they found they. I think the recommendation was that I start with a package of ten or or twenty um, auditing sessions. I think that's what it was. Okay. And, Did you do it? Did and you get no, on with and, it? and at that point, I think I. I begged off, and I and I, I and, and the interesting thing was that they then said, "Well, so it, it'll just be this copy of Dianetics, then that'll be twenty dollars." Ah. <laughs> and I, I was like, "Well, I don't remember," and and I was so so blindsided and and so, and sort of embarrassed to say, right. you know, we don't, that was never part of the deal." Yeah. That I found myself in a giving out of giving out twenty dollars, and I <laughs> later mentioned to someone, and, and and apparently, like part of Scientology is. For some of them, for the regs or the people who specialize in selling services, is is sales techniques, and that, right. that one they did on me is called oh, it, it's closing. It's called like the assumed close. Mm. Okay. I yeah, we, we definitely encountered where that. where they close the the sales as though you've as though the sales been made. Right. And it's it's, it's and you it's have a, to have a, a certain strength close. of character it's not to often pull used back It's a from hard that. tactic. It's a tactic that probably leaves you afterwards feeling but like you've been mugged. Right. right? Uh huh. But um, I think in situations where they've got a sense this guy's not going to buy anything, it's a kind of go for broke. Yeah. Because you go out and you're like, why did that? That was weird. <laughs> they finally sell, sold me a $5 pamphlet. They, kept, they tried to sell me the classes, and I was like, oh, no, thanks. And then they tried to sell me Dianetics. And then finally they were like, how about this $5 pamphlet? And I was like, okay, fine. The $400 purse seems like a really good deal after you turn down the $2,000 Right, purse. yeah. Really? yeah. But you, if you were in it for months, um, you must have done more than buy a pamphlet. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, after that, we had originally gone just thinking we were going to take the personality test because we were doing an episode about personality testing. And then Ross here yeah. talked me into I totally cheated her that. into this. I did the, well, what is it called? The cost or the, uh, the, the sale? Clothes. I did the assumed close. And so we went in for the personality test and then I signed up for classes and kept going back. And I was surprised they didn't Google us immediately or recognize oh, and us. And what would they have found if they'd Googled you? That we host a popular podcast about infiltrating religious groups. Really? So you've done it to other groups? Yeah, yeah. So we, what we do and have done for the last six years is join fringe religious groups. And any, any group that makes like a claim that seems a little outside of our scientific understanding the of the universe. fringe science, yeah. Yeah. So, um, An infiltrate is maybe a misleading word just in that you, we feel a commonality with what you do. And we're all big fans of oh, weird weekends and in, in your work. Uh, because we try to find the humanity and sure. we make those yeah. friendships yeah. and we'll point out what we think are really good ideas, sure. uh, but give our honest critiques of Yeah, uh, the you're right. That's a much stronger word than I usually use. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think from their perspective, I think that's how they sure. view it. They yeah. would put us yeah. at 1-1 one, one on the tone scale, I'm sure. Yeah. The 1.1 is the tone scale. For, that's for journalists and perverts. <laughs> perverts. Right, right. But, so how, and how did that, 
the risk of kind of turning the tables on you. How did it go for you? I, I'm just curious how that all went. Well, yeah, we ended up taking quite a few courses. We went through Dianetics and did the, you know, co-auditing. And uh, it got to a certain point where you did I co audit. I'm not sure what co auditing. We is. audited each other. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's they, how they set it sit up. you knee to knee as as people were in in your film, and uh, and yeah, you're starting to walk each other through uh, bad memories from the past and trying to find the the basics. You, you know. audited each other. Mm-hmm. I didn't That's think how you they could do, do that. I, I know. I thought that would. Aren't be... you supposed to be trained to be an auditor? Right. So when you first go in for your Dianetics training. The way they train you is to set you up with someone you already know and have a relationship with, Mm -hmm. and they teach you to audit each other. And that's like the first step of your training. Wow, I did Mm -hmm. not know that. Yeah, Yeah. removing engrams even then. Yeah. But uh, my understanding was that to be a good auditor is is a skill that you have to acquire. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's someone walking around and correcting you as you go. So there's kind of this daddy figure who's Mm -hmm. like uh, in the the room. The IC, the in charge. And he's correcting you as you go. And there's a lot of correction. Mm-hmm. So, um, But they're even trying to push you towards past life memories, or yes. at least in the womb memories. Right. Uh, but yeah, then you can really? do auditor training and work your way up, you know, the classes as a uh, auditor. Do they say earlier similar? Did you come across that? Oh, term? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you mean... Yeah. Um, Jump yeah, back they, to a previous memory. Yeah, with because the yeah, whole thing like, well, you, 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 let's say you've been having problems with your knee and then they're like... Can you remember a time when you had that earlier? Uh, and right. You, yes. And then you go back and discover what's, you were a foot soldier. What's the earliest Caesar. moment of pain or discomfort, I think was the phrase. Really? Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, you didn't include anything about the personality test in the film. No. It was that... Uh, that was purely as, as a way of experiencing for myself ha- how you go in at ground level. But I was aware that for the... You know, and early in the process of kind of developing how we would do the film... We thought about, well, do we... And I've seen st- stuff on TV in the UK where people go undercover, you use hidden cameras, stuff like that. And talking about it, we realized, well, for that to work, because you're sort of using a covert technique, mm-hmm. which has a certain element, I guess, of bad faith in it. You know, you're not going mm-hmm. in with permission. And the feeling was, for, for that to, go, to work, you'd really need to have something explosive, that it would have to be for, to, to be in a feature film. You'd really need. It wouldn't be enough to justify to justify why you're methods. using that technique, and that in fact you could probably spend six months going to your local org, doing sessions, and it would be interesting. But you wouldn't get to the heart of what is perhaps most fascinating about Scientology, to my mind, which is the years of dedication that take place inside the Sea Org right. and, and the personality of David Miscavige himself and how the whole thing is operated um, at the highest levels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I found that when we joined, we were like really surprised by how boring the process was. Yes, I was, and, I was trying not to use that word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you hear all these stories of the abuse, uh, which is, cl- I mean, clearly there from the ex-members, but we were really surprised by like, wow, this is like a very tedious process. Were there emotions that surprised you about the Scientology process? In terms of when I went in, um, you know, I spent maybe a few hours t- talking to... Th- the person who was telling me, you know, analyzing my results, I was just surprised how it was like walking onto a a car lot, you know, or, or any place where you think, okay, before I go in, I better have my defenses up so that I don't walk out with a the Honda Civic that I don't need, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so um, even having 
read about it, I, 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 was, I, was, I, I was surprised. Like, wow, that really is true. Like, they really do. It's not like going in. even into, so, they blindsided you yes, with that. With my whole, book. like, oh, Dianetics book. And, and I think, um, you know, that's not like the experience of going into a, um, a Quaker uh, friend's house <laughs> or a, um, a Catholic church or a synagogue or whatever. You know, like, it's the <laughs> easiest thing in the world at a uh, at a service, you know, like at, Christ- at Christmas, I tend to be the only time I go to um, church, right? And and you, they pass little bags around the collection. It is not you just pass it along. You don't have to put anything right. in that, right. right? So so that part of it, I thought, wow, that really is fascinating. How that's that you know how they generate their revenue, um, but but in terms of how I uh, in making my film, I think I think what was I, I think what was uh, most amazing to me was was and again I suppose I should have seen it coming but it, it's how they how aggressive they can be in terms mm-hmm. of fighting back that, that, that they really fighting do, back at you as a reporter as a reporter okay. right and and that you know yes we were tailed by you know there's the day when the private investigators get on you 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 know and start tailing you. And you're like, oh my god, they actually have hired a private investigator. And people came with cameras. And they start filming you. Did, did you feel that that was? How savvy do you think they are? Because wouldn't it have been smarter in their case to just ignore you completely? Absolutely, you know. And 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 I've been thinking that for years. That well, if they would just figure out that what most people find amazing about Scientology is really the lengths they go to 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 sort of upset. Uh, harass and 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 um, intimidate right. the journalists who cover them, and how that's always the most exciting bit of any <laughs> film on Scientology. Really, right. is, is the bit where um, the guy pops up from across the road and begins filming mysteriously. And they could have easily robbed you of that. Yes, absolutely. Right. And and it was a fear that they would um, perhaps do that. But the thing that you have to understand is, it's not really an option for Scientologists to not do that because it's so deeply it's ingrained in, yeah. in the tech and in L. Ron Hubbard's That said, writings. they didn't do it to us. They didn't follow us at all. I mean, maybe we were two small beans, but they they didn't care. They found out who we were at yeah. the end. They yeah. kicked us out, and they haven't stalked us at all. And other observers have told us that maybe uh, they're learning or they're having to pick their battles now. Maybe right. it's just that we picked the right time to do well, it. Well, here's the thing. They are fighting battles on so many different fronts and you've had going clear which came out you've got people like tony ortega who blogs regularly and mm-hmm. daily about scientology you've got leah remini's very high profile series yeah. you had um that's a lot of battles to fight you had ron miscavige's book <laughs> right which came out you had other books coming out yeah his niece they as had well. me and my scientology movie you had jenna miscavige's book they are they have to pick their battles their you know their resources are not limitless yeah. i think I think actually, though, you're right in as much as they seem to have decided that they have, they seem to have decided that they will reserve their most vengeful behavior for ex members who yes, speak out. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so too. And, they, and, and when we were filming, I was aware that the things that were happening to me were very small compared with what they were doing to my contributors, and in particular to Marty Rathbun, who's our right. main contributor. And, and they would pop up at the airport and intimidate and hurl abuse at him. And uh, and then in the end scene, they send two bearded guys out to arrive unannounced and begin. 
it's almost as though they've sat around brainstorming what is the worst, most upsetting thing we can say to Marty Rathbun. I he know. Was so upset about his kid. We'll make being... allegations about his kid, right? And that will really get him where it hurts. And they turn up and start talking about that stuff, right? Which you know, when when that scene pops up for me, the things they said like didn't seem all that triggering mm-hmm. to me, but clearly they knew it would be triggering for They're him. They're taking the person in his life about whom he cares more than right. anyone else. Right. And also the person who symbolizes a kind of uh, a second chance at life that right. he's jumped at, right? They knew it was for him. His child, his baby child, mm-hmm. who's probably at that time a year, a year and a half years old. So they could have talked about his, his wife or they could have talked about his two brothers, one you know who were both passed away in circumstances that would be upsetting to anyone. Uh, they could have talked about his ex-wife, but they chose to talk about his child. And I think it's because, you know, when you leave Scientology, you're starting, you feel like you've got so much baggage and so many wasted years. And then you think, is it possible to rebuild myself? Is right. it possible to actually start from the ground up? And it's like, I think, you know, analogous to mm. coming out of prison where you think, well, what is the internet? You know, how do you write a check, or all, all these life skills that... You become very defensive about those lifelines. Yeah, these, the ways that pe- people, you know, you're just conscious of everything that in life that you somehow you don't know how to do. And, and then his child becomes the chance of someone in his life who's not in any way tainted by the association with Scientology. And then for the two guys to say, you basically, what they're saying is, you only got that kid as a way of making money. That's the allegation right. they mm-hmm. made right. to him. And he, 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 you know, they couldn't have thought it was like kicking him in the, in the nuts, really. We, we saw a shift in, in his reaction in the film to you personally. Marty's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at first, Marty was uh, kind of annoyed by some of your questions, but then he seemed to really kind of turn on you after the, those cameramen left. Uh, what happened there? Well, what happens is, fairly or unfairly, I took that as my moment to put to him the idea that everything that he found most upsetting about how they were treating him in he terms of um, tailing him with private investigators, using psychological techniques to push his buttons, that he had done versions of that to other people when he'd been inside Scientology. So that's what I said. And he, um, I don't even know that he would necessarily disagree with that. I think his issue was, why are you choosing this moment to to bring that up at the time when I've just I'm just you know I'm on the verge of tears I'm thinking about my child I'm thinking about um how difficult my life has been made by all these people in Scientology and and you're just kicking me when I'm down and mm. and so that's why he had that reaction mm-hmm. cuz it seems like he would have a ready response to that yes the response was rage right well, rage is maybe too strong, but it was extreme annoyance. He said, go fuck yourself. Right. And now since the film has come out, um, he's written about the film. Yeah. He's not a fan. Um, mm. And so he's also written, I, I see like a commonality between how he's reacted to your film and how he reacted to Ron Miscavige's book. Yes. Which was very surprising. So he came out against your film yeah. kind of saying... Um, Oh, they got what they wanted. They wanted uh, Louis wanted Scientology to stalk him back. He got what he wanted. He uh, yeah. provoked all this. And then he also said um, Ron Miscavige kind of picked at the worst parts of his son and highlighted them, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't all as bad as he thought. Do you do you think maybe Marty has kind of flipped back uh, and is kind of back in cahoots with Scientology? And well, I don't know about cahoots, but I think there is a bigger context, which is to do with. Marty kind of suing for peace with Scientology mm. 
deciding that he's tired, and he was tired even when we were with him, of, of being seen as the champion of anti-Scientology. He saw that as very reductive and kind of almost puerile, like the idea that, oh, I'm going to lead the forces of anti-Scientology and we're going to rescue all the Scientologists. You know, Marty's got a very sophisticated and nuanced take on all these subjects. He doesn't, he's never fit easily into either the um, pro or anti-Scientology right. camps. And, and so I think he just was fed up with kind of being the... Um, uh, of having to carry all the dreams of of these anti-scientologists, some of whom probably are a little over the top, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of how they react or you know, in 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 their failure to sort of see um, the full picture. And so now Marty's stated position is that he sees anti-scientology as more cult-like than Scientology, and he's on mm. he's on the record of <laughs> saying that. Yeah. And so he he, you know, I think we've kind of fell under that rubric a bit and i i don't know what his relationship with david miscavige is now if there is one or what his relationship with official scientology is now but i think he's done he feels he's done with the whole subject and i would say that when we first showed him he he seemed to enjoy the process of making the film most of it i enjoyed working with him when he first saw the film he liked it and then uh something changed mm. Oh, when he first saw the completed mm. film. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like there's, yeah, I feel like there's more of a story there yeah. that perhaps he's not willing to share. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we're getting we the would, flag. We would love to talk to you all day. We will do it again next time. I would lo- I'm going to look forward to checking out your Yeah, please do. That'd be fantastic. When we, heard, when we heard, <laughs> I used been... the wrong word. I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when we heard that you'd been living here for a year, we were immediately bummed like, oh, yeah, we should have been hanging with we Lily. We really are yeah. huge, huge fans. And, uh, and really of love- yours. Thank You're you. giving me a blank stare. Like, of what? Of no, what, no, Carrie? No, of yours. Normal we, love that. <laughs> we love that stare. I think uh, it's a great journalistic device. We that did. was the stare of... Well, they, a, you're supposed to have a stare, a glare of de- the, a dedicated something. There's a Scientology glare that you're I, supposed to I have. I think you could oh, okay. teach them a thing we or two. The, that, we talked about yes. that in the film. Tom Cruise has it. That was my one. Does it? Okay. Oh, yes. You're very good yeah. at a silence. A dedicated glare is the yeah, term. Uh, yeah. I found that one of the, the things that we both said is Louis is so good at silence, at using silence to get things out of people. Don't it, do it to me. Don't do it, it to me, Louis. It kind of, it oh, worry. do it to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, signaling, signaling to someone that they have not given you a sufficient answer and then they just kind of keep offering. You. Anyways, we love it. And uh, we love you. And uh, Thanks, everybody, guys. see my Scientology movie. Not this week. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Well, our thanks to Louis Theroux. For being on our show. That was awesome. That was so great. And hopefully we get to do it again. I tried to surreptitiously take a picture of him when he was doing an interview with someone else before us. How'd that work out? He looked right over at me. Oh, he is on it. He like immediately like he felt it and looked right over at me. I mean, not even in an accusatory way. It was just like, why are you like, why are you hiding that? <laughs> like, we both know you're taking a picture of me. You're going to have me in a second. Let's calm it down. That's awesome. Yeah. How did it turn out? So anyway, he and I are best friends. <laughs> this is pretty good. All right. Then when you and I did interviewed him, he was like, let's take a picture together. And it's a, you know, much closer up picture. We'll use that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think he and I are very close now. And he considers me one of his closest friends. Uh, really, I think he looks up to you. I think so, too. I mean, he's quite tall for that, but. 
That's true. He looks up to very few people yeah. physically. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, big fans of Louis Theroux and what he does. You know what else I'm a big fan of? Puppies. True. Well, actually, actually, right. Okay, doggies. Dogs. That's where we're going. If okay. we're going to be honest, I like a senior dog more than a puppy. Oh, no. I opened up a can of dogs. <laughs> but let's discuss. No, not really. I love the holy month of Max Fun Drive. Oh, my goodness. This is March 2017. <gasps> It is Max Fun Drive month. Yes. And Max Fun Drive is coming very soon. It's coming March 20th, 2017. We've already released this month an episode about the Seventh-day Adventists. Oh, you said it. Yes. Well, we revealed that yeah. they are the Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, amazing fact. Well, uh, a subdivision within the Seventh-day Adventists. A non-official wing of yeah. the Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah. Then we've just released this Louis Theroux episode that you've heard. Next week, we're going to be releasing part three of Amazing Facts. Yes. And that's going to be one of the best episodes of the year, Ross. Indeed. Because it will be sprinkled with the magic fairy dust of Max Fun Drive. Well, tune in during the Max Fun Drive to catch that awesome episode and to hear about some of the exclusive thank you gifts that we have in store for new and upgrading members. And you can also tune into the other shows because all of the shows on the Max Fun Network are going to be releasing extra special, perfect, Best of the year episodes to celebrate this, our hallowed Max Fun yeah, drive. We're, we're going to have some special goals that you're going to want to meet. So you'll be driven and, and show your support for our show and all your other favorite shows. And okay, we want you to help us reach our highest goal ever. We're trying to get 10,000 new and upgrading Max Fun members. Now that's the whole network. Yes. 10,000, you guys. Now, if you're already a member, you might be thinking, well, I'm already counted for. Mm -hmm. No, no, sir. Mm -hmm. Or ma'am. Mm -hmm. You can be upgrading, <gasps> and that still counts. Oh, and then you'll get like all of those special bonuses that we're talking mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like a good deal for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So when our next episode comes out, make sure to grab it right away and listen, because we're going to have all kinds of exciting stuff to tell you about. And we're going to announce some super cool goals that you guys can achieve that's going to unlock some super cool content. I can't say more. I can't say more. But tune in. The 2017 Max Fun Drive kicks off on March 20th and runs for just two weeks. So visit MaximumFun.org for details and don't miss it. And remember... Hello? Can I just give you a letter? We're doing a documentary about Scientology. Wait, I've got... Scientology. Scientology. A religion created by a sci-fi writer, run by a mysterious leader, David Miscavige. So this is my chance to experience Scientology firsthand. You need to leave. How are you doing, Mr. Squirrel? You guys are trespassing. Got anything to say? It's okay, we have a permit. Why are you here? He's right behind us now. We have their attention. Why are they doing this? It's just not like any church that you can think of. Ben, we've been accused of so many things over the course of making The Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast, that we're a little bit embarrassed to be making. The embarrassment lies squarely on us, and you can listen anonymously and safely. <laughs>
Would you like to meet up for some anonymous podcast listening? This is a podcast you definitely won't want your parents to find on your phone when you pass away suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) Discovered by an innocent hotel maid. They'll make up something else at your funeral. Something more tasteful, like you were listening to Bullseye. We, of course, have permanently shamed ourselves by making this podcast and putting our real names on it, but you don't have to. It's a regret we feel several times a week. Subscribe and delete The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast. Yes, we are actually making a Star Trek podcast. We should submit that one. (laughs) MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.